As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. This is The Athletic Hockey Show. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of The Athletic Hockey Show. It's Haley Salvian, Sean Gentilly here with you on this beautiful Thursday. No Max Boltman. He's on a beach somewhere. The he's, audacity. In, he's in Hawaii. Well, I wasn't going to dox him. I now will. Someone's going to find him on the beach in Hawaii. Guys, do, you, do you guys want his address in Detroit? I can give you that, too. It's Boltman. two, four, five, six. One, two, three, boogie, one, two, two, boogie, woogie Avenue where Pierre LeBron lives <laughs> or whatever that dumb joke me and Cousins you said. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, Max is on a beach. He's on his honeymoon. He's living it up. So Sean and I are stuck here bringing you this week's news and notes from around the NHL. <laughs> yeah, great sell. News and notes. Everyone's in for news and notes. Stay with us. What What other sell would you rather have? Just don't use the phrase news and notes. Some there's odds, something about there's something some about that that's ends. like that's very like yeah oh, turn okay. turn off your, your mind <laughs> turn off your podcast player right now yeah i feel Close like when, your app when max isn't here um this show kind of descends into madness a little bit and i think that's my fault <laughs> but because max got, makes me nervous you know i don't want him the, to judge me you got the first chair ain't me mm-hmm. how are you I'll start there first. What's up? I'm I used well. to always say like, hello, how's it going? I'm well. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, great. Weather's uh, fine. Weather's fine here in Pittsburgh, PA. I'm sure it's similarly nice in Honolulu, which is where Max Boltman is right yeah. now. So if you want to go to his house in Detroit, his address is 122 Boogie Wug Avenue. Mm-hmm. Every time I see a post from uh, Max or his wife, I get a little bit pissed off because it looks really nice. Yeah. And I'm sitting here with you, uh, but that's okay. We're going to have a good show. Um, there's actually quite a lot of stuff to get into. Uh, there was no athletic hockey show on Wednesday, so we can kind of pick up some of the things that happened over the last few days instead of doing like an evergreen show. Um, but also I kind of like doing those topic shows. So if, you know, people have any topics they want us to mm-hmm. dive into, 
let us know on Twitter, like send me a DM or Sean, a bunch of DMs or just pay the troll toll and, and join the comment section. So um, let's get into kind of the big headline from last night. That's Wednesday night games uh, and the Tampa Bay Lightning's 3-1 loss, the New York Rangers, uh, Mikhail Sergachev. Uh, was injured. He was taken from the ice on a stretcher in the second period. His left leg bent in a very awkward um, and kind of gross way after he kind of went into the corner to throw a hit on Lafreniere. It looked like Lafreniere throws the reverse hit. He stumbles back. Like, I don't think there was anything dirty there. It was just the way that he fell, the way he went down. Uh, was really uncomfortable. I guess he was in audible pain as the stretcher came out. I did not watch a clip with audio. I don't really like when people post those moments, to be honest. Like, I don't need my Twitter feed being filled with, like, clips of Sergachev screaming in pain on the ice. Um, it just makes me feel kind of uncomfortable. It's weird, it's weird. It's weird and gross. Yeah. It, I. It, that's like, it's a weird... It's a weird thing that I feel like hockey and like just sport media people do sometimes. It's like, let 100%. me just take my phone out and like film this moment. It's and clout, I did it's this. Clout, it's cloud chasing. I did this. Like I learned the hard way and like nobody really yelled at me, but I did feel like super gross after. I remember um, Scott Sabrin got knocked out at a game in Boston. I think it was David Backus. And it was like kind of a freak play. Backus was like crying. I believe it was David Backus. It was like one of my first ever road trips. And I was like, okay, I'm here for this. Like, I guess this is why I'm in the press box on the road. And I had a video of him being like stretchered off and I posted it. I was like, why did I do that? Like he has a wife, he has a family, like this is gross. And I've never, never done it again. Um, it's just not something that I'm interested in doing. Um, so apologies to Scott Sabrin, I guess for that. But um, the Sergachev hit um, that play, that was his first game since December 19th mm -hmm. <clears throat> due to a different lower body injury. Um, the team was clearly rattled by it. Um, quote from John Cooper after the game, it was terrible. I feel awful. It clearly affected our team. Um, Steven Stamco said he was like sick to his stomach about it. Um, as like somebody would, who's been through something like know. that, he was, um, you know, felt really sick. Um, so just like a really awful moment in that game yesterday night, Sean. Yeah, it's, it's uh, obviously this is it for Sergachev. I don't, I don't think we're, I don't think we're speaking on a turn there. His season, this, his, yeah, his, his, season. season his season's over and it had already been, Haley, you alluded to this kind of a lost season for him, right? He hadn't played since mid December. And when, and in the games that he did play from October to mid December, he hadn't been very good. So like maybe it was at a some maybe whether he was dealing with an injury, whether it was you know different usage in Tampa, like that was an early narrative around the Lightning season. Like like what's up? What's up with with Mikhail Sergachev? Right? Like they they need to get him going. Um, and it because he's a he's a, obviously an, an insanely talented player in terms yeah. of raw in terms of raw talent like there aren't a ton of defensemen that have him beat he signed to that enormous contract which i believe it's it's the first first year of it you know after after signing signing the huge long term extension before the before this previous season um and now it's 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 a shame because because it's fun to watch players like that develop and it's, and it's, okay. and it's fun to watch Tampa Bay too do what they've done over the last few years, which is like segue oh, yeah. into this next wave of, of, of franchise caliber players. And he was a big part of it. 
And I think whether he was going to take another leap was a really low key, very interesting storyline to follow here, not just for mm-hmm. Tampa, but for, you know, the Eastern conference overall. And now it's, you know, Feb eight and, and he's, you know, and he's in certainly in a, in a much different state of mind, you know, di- different, mm-hmm. di- different, different phase of his life, different phase of his career now. Cause that's what this stuff is like, like it or not, you know, you you don't want to you don't want to project too far out but this is career altering stuff like this is this is you know something that's something that's gonna yeah i mean let's this is gonna this right like we don't know exactly what happened we're just assuming that he broke his leg yeah but 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 if you but if you break your leg that's that's a that's a that's a pivot point you know this is that this this is a major point in his in his life and his career and you just hope that you know things things go well for him here here on out and he is like I know I've I've talked to I've talked to people about about about, about Mikhail Sergachev in the past. He's a he's a, a horse. He's a workout dude. Like he works his ass mm-hmm. off, and and that's that's a known fact about him. So we're gonna see that you know put to the test. I think over over the next little bit. All the all the best to him. And he actually posted on Instagram mm-hmm. pretty late uh, last night slash early this morning. Um, he got the pain meds. He, he did lo- it. I loved seeing and, that. And he did honestly say like, pain meds are good though. Um, so pretty emotional post from Sergachev. You know, he just said, oh man, why me? Why now? After all the games missed, coming back and getting injured again feels unfair. feels terrible. Mm-hmm. Trying to stay calm and positive, but it's impossible. After doing everything right, I get this. The universe is unpredictable, I guess, and has its own plans. But I don't know if I'm allowed... <laughs> But fuck the universe, man. I'm sorry. What can put like a we can bleep that out, right, Jeff? I don't know. Uh, I know I'll come back stronger and I know I'll play better than before, but it's tough right now and it's going to be tough tomorrow. We all fight our own battles and this is mine. I'll win. I always do. Pain meds are good, though. (laughs) And that's like that's like that's raw. That's like raw stuff from a hospital bed. And it goes on to talk about like the forest. um, But like, I think it was supposed to be some kind of analogy about his teammates. It was like, if I was in the forest by myself, I'd be dead. Crazy, hey, isn't it? That's <laughs> like, oh, that's yeah. that's that's good. It, it that's that's good to see. It's it's good yeah. to imagine Mikhail Sergachev like in his in in his hospital bed, sitting up, screwing around on <laughs> on, on his phone because yeah. people were terrified. Steven Stamko said, he, like you said, sick to his stomach. People yeah. were. It, it was a disturbing scene on on the yeah. ice. So to flash forward a couple hours and at least know that he's, you know, in a point where he's reflective enough and and with it enough to do that, even 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 though it is sad to see, like, I it's it, it there's something there's something heartening about that. I'm glad he addressed the pain med situation because I think everyone would be like, why is he posting these very <laughs> oh, stream oh, of consciousness thoughts oh, at three in the morning? <laughs> if you if you know, you know, with the with the with the broken yeah. bone situation, you, yeah. You know. Um, okay. So we're, we're hoping for the best for Mikhail Sergachev. Glad that he's, you know, feeling kind of open and honestly raw in that moment. Like it's always, you never want people to go through that, but I can always appreciate, um, I don't want to call it a peek behind the curtain cause that feels gross. But when guys are just like open yeah, about that situation, it's, it's honesty. It's yeah. openness. Yeah. And, and Thank you. Know, yeah. You've, that's something to be valued. That's what I mean. Thanks, Sean. Um, <laughs> Okay, so the other thing I wanted to talk about today is this massive hits audit in the NHL. Uh, <laughs> What's mm-hmm. going on? 
<laughs> Speak, speaking of a pig behind the curtain. What, what's going on? Because when I saw this uh, yesterday on, on Wednesday afternoon, you know, obviously you see the the tweet from the NHL, they've done an audit. Uh, the hits metrics are going to be updated. It's like, what do you mean? What do you, what do you mean? It's that Jennifer Lawrence. What do you mean? <laughs> yeah. Very, very casual. Hey, we've updated uh, some stats because there was a bunch of them that were wrong. Uh, Sean, what can you tell us about this situation? I think back to something John Tortorella said, and I'm paraphrasing here because this was in, you know, this is earlier in the season, but someone asked about physicality, right? His team's physicality and whatever. And he said, paraphrasing, like, well, you look at the hit totals for, like from around the league, it's not as physical of a it's not as physical of a of a sport as it used to be. It's like it's an inch it's an interesting thing to say. <laughs> and now two months later or three months later all the hit totals jumped up because the mm-hmm. league conducted a pretty comprehensive re- review of all that stuff that went into effect after the all-star break. And our buddy, Mike Russo noticed it. Also, that's probably the best way to put it. Noticed it after, after the all-star break that the totals, that the totals had changed dramatically, reached out to the league for comment. The league immediate like but basically immediately tweeted something out from its from its PR Twitter account saying like this is what happened we conducted not it blah, 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 blah. and then Russo uh wrote a pretty comprehensive story that's up on the site now that I I, I helped out a little bit with um mm-hmm. and my role there was to contact the gambling companies and and contact <laughs> the sports books like yeah like underdog and you know whatever that up until yesterday at minimum had offered hit props during nhl games you say like over under boone jenner for four and a half hits or or whatever they paid out they didn't pay out based on totals that are now completely different now this is not something like hit props are not something you saw in fairness to the league and whoever else they're not something you saw in official gambling partners for like like FanDuel and DraftKings and pen gaming and whatever the swath of gambling companies that the league's in bed with it's just another issue entirely i suppose they don't offer prop bets for hits because they're aware just like most anybody most people who've been inside press boxes are aware that hits are of are in the eye of the beholder, and it and it changes from crew to crew. It changes from city to city. Some of the guys who track that sort of stuff in arena have different ideas of what constitutes a hit versus some of their peers. So there's like buildings where you're like Pittsburgh is this relative to Florida, and blah 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 blah. And it's always been an issue, and it's only more of an issue now that. Again, there are there's gambling content, whether it's league sanctioned or not, that's circ- that you know kind of revolves around around these stats. So it's interesting. That's one element. Then there's the then there's the other element where it's like hits are used in player arbitration and contract negotiations, and they're yeah. used as you know a stat to differentiate a player within their cluster when you're talking about arbitration hearings because it's like a proxy for for physicality, right? It's a fantasy category. On and on and on. It's a big deal. And it's something that the league tried to oh, yeah. Does try to, try to get away with and, you know, didn't. 
I think our league's a shots league, not a hits league, but would have been more. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I think God, I'm like having um, a brain fart here. I, I, but yeah. yeah, like I, I was in, I was in league for years. It was hits. It was hits yeah. and hits and penalty minutes because those are, those are proxies still for a lot of people as imperfect as it is for physical play. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so it's, it's this multi, you know, pronged issue that uh, Russo, you know, caught wind of and wrote about extensively. And it's, and, and it's, and it's very interesting. And I think the big takeaway that people, again, I know I said this at the, at the top of all this, but people need, people should like kind of underline this is that the league hadn't said anything about it publicly. And then yeah, Russo went to them. It on Tuesday. Correct. And then they just made the change and Russo was like, Hey, what's up with this? And then magically there's a, there's a PR tweet that gets that gets sent out. So it's fascinating. So I thought his lead of the story, if you guys haven't read it, you should, because um, there's a lot of good stuff in here. But like the lead is essentially like Garnet Hathaway, you know, in the middle of the night, you know, Monday mm. night goes to sleep. He wakes up on Tuesday and he goes from 15th in the NHL and hits to fourth without mm-hmm. having done a thing. And it was just the counts changed. Um, Cal Clutterbuck, one of the, you know, big physical guys in the NHL for a long time. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, he suddenly had 32 hits added 32 hits added to his season total. These aren't minimal, including a bunch for a game almost two months ago. And the total tripled. Like, I don't know the exacts. It went from like two to six, you know, like mm-hmm. I, I know I'm sure like, it's stuff like this where I'm like, I don't know if we're just in the NHL fishbowl and like overreacting to things, but something like this is just wild to me. And like, I would need to go and ask a bunch of people in the NFL or MLB, like, does this happen? Has there ever been like a pitch count <laughs> changed after the season for everybody in the league? Like that's, that's just wild to me. And I know it's like human error. Like it's just dudes in the press box. Maybe a few women. I, I don't know. It's just like people in the press box, like counting hits. Mm -hmm. Um, But like, that's just like, that's just wild to me that, that you could have such wild, like such big swings of, of a stat. And I know it's just hits. Not everyone's going to think that's important, but uh, I don't know if that's happening in a bunch of other pro leagues. I mean, that's just, that's what the, uh, the NHL doesn't doesn't value transparency when it comes to that stuff. Like what's it, there's, and I, yeah. I wrote about they this. They were just going to try to, they were just going to try to update it and hope nobody noticed. Yeah. I mean, I, I wrote, I wrote about this, you know, in November as it relates, as it related to the senators and the whole mess with Shane Pinto and, and whatever else where the senators got railroaded, I think, but to, to some extent there, Michael and Lauer, the owner is extremely pissed about, about yeah, the way yeah, that yeah. about the way that suspension was handled, yeah. probably not probably not coincidentally also relating to gambling, and it's just something that to remember all the time is it, it when when you try to want if you're like why would the NHL like why is the league behaving this way it's because that it's because they they're not interested in transparency they don't want you to know this stuff they don't want you to know their reasoning for doing this stuff they just want to do it and let the machinations kind of play out behind the scenes as they will, you know, cause they can get away with it and they've, and they have gotten away with it for, for many, many years for a lot of different reasons, which we're not going to get into here in a way that other major North American sports don't. Mm-hmm. 
So this is just another, and it's just another example of that. The, 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 look, teams found out about this, about this on Tuesday, Tuesday. It had been going on for a long time. It certainly, certainly started before Tuesday. Like, and, and you, you let the, you let the principals involved know a day before it drops. It's, 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 it's crazy. Weird. And it create like the bigger problem is that it creates the it, it, the the whole thing has this flavor of like corruption now and shadiness when it doesn't even need to. That's that's and that's what's to me that's what's so frustrating about this is like mm-hmm. everybody rightfully has questions now about well about like okay where do they where does the gambling thing come into play here like why would they do this why weren't they upfront about it it makes it seem shadier than it is. Yeah. And, and that's a self-inflicted error. One of many, it happens and it happens time after time after time. And it's, and it's going to happen again in another six months. Cause that's the way it goes. That's just, that's just the schedule that, that, that the NHL runs on. Um, let's move to one more thing before we take a break very quickly. Um, I wrote the story last night and haven't really talked about it yet. It's about uh, Jenna Tribbiano, who was the coach at University of Michigan, the women's club team. She played at University of Michigan. So she actually posted about something that happened to her uh, in a rec league hockey game on Sunday. Um, If you haven't seen her tweet, if you haven't seen the story, um, they're both kind of on the athletic now, the tweets embedded in the article. But essentially, Jenna was playing in this adult league game um, it was an open league, co-ed league, essentially, like anyone over 18 can play in this league, regardless of gender. And it's a non-checking league. And there were two moments where she was hit. In one of them, there was a penalty called because checking is illegal. Um, and after that first check, she was told, stay on your feet. This is a men's league. And then she played the rest of the game. Then towards the end of the game, she you can hear her. I went back and I watched the game. I watched this game. Um, she gets hit again. They get tangled up in the corner. She As she's getting up, her teammates come over to kind of be like, what the hell is going on here? And you can just hear the other team screaming at her. This is men's league. This is men's league. Join a women's league. Like multiple men screaming at her at least three, four times to like, get out of this league essentially like you don't belong here and it's just like i not, wrote about not a not a men's league that we should we yeah. should reinforce that is this is a yeah. this is a all you know i don't know what the, what the exact right term is co-ed, it's, co-ed, open, not it's an open, open league. league it's mm-hmm. an open adult hockey league the only rules in this league's website restrict the number of under 30 year old players allowed in an over 30 league so if you're like in the old man's league you can't have more than two like 25 year olds you get your you get you you get your you get your allowed you know yeah amount of young dude on your old now you can you can have your your one or two you know 23 year old ringers in in the group yeah yeah but like you get two and that's it that's the only that's the only restriction and you have to be over 18 um and essentially i we wrote the story. I spoke with Jenna and she didn't want to like talk about the incident any further. And she didn't want to name the league. She didn't want to name the players. She didn't want to name the team. Like she was trying to protect like their identities, like the identity of her teammates, but also the team that was like harassing her 
for just wanting to go and play a hockey game on Sunday night. Like, and she just wanted to raise awareness, essentially. She's like, I don't want to talk about the incident, but like, I will say, like, this stuff is still happening at rinks. Like, people are still being harassed just because they're trying to play a hockey game. Like, women are still being harassed and made to feel uncomfortable and unwelcome in hockey. And she was like, I just wanted to speak out because I tried to speak to them. I tried, I asked for an apology. I tried to explain to them why them saying that to me is not okay. And they wouldn't listen. So I post on social media. I didn't think it would blow up the way that it did. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just think the whole situation, like reading some of the comments that people have directed at me now for doing the story that people are directing at Jenna. Um, <laughs> I don't really have like, like this was not a men's league. This was not a checking league. So for all of the comments that I'm getting about being like, Oh, hockey's the toughest, like man sport, like women shouldn't be playing. It's like, if you want to be a tough guy, in a beer league, go find a beer league that's men's only that allows hitting men. Like, if you don't want to see a woman on your Sunday night game, join a men's league, not an open league, because women belong there. Like, if you don't want a woman on the ice, go find a men's league with a bunch of like-minded weirdos who aren't okay with women being on a hockey rink. Sorry. <laughs> that's all I wanted to say. You're here. <laughs> it's just absurd. It's one of the most absurd stories I think I've done. And people are being like, why is this these a story? Are, it's like, because this is awful. These guys this, are, this, these this guys are be bums. Happening. They're bums. Just like, go again, go, go find, go, go find a league tailored to your needs where you can go and, you know, bang around with, with, the, with the boys for, for, for a little bit. Very weird. Beer league hockey stuff is very strange. Like some dude tried to fight my dad a few years ago and my dad's like, I'm like 50, you know, (laughs) he's like, I don't know what's going on. My dad does not play beer league hockey anymore. He's like, what the hell? He's like, I like accidentally tripped someone. He's like, cause I like fell. No, my dad was like, what the hell, man? Like, I'm trying to go, I got to work tomorrow. Like (laughs) (laughs) he's like, dude. I think my dad like tripped and then accidentally tripped this guy. He's like, oh, where do you want to go? My dad's like, brother, I just fell. It's you just, know, it's a bunch of, especially that. I mean, that's like, it's a bunch of, it's a bunch of washouts who are 30. He's like, I'm old as who shit. Are, who, are, like, who are 32 and face. don't, you know, selling insurance or whatever. It's yeah. It's a shame. Yeah. Dad's like, he's like, I got, I got to go to work, man. I'm like, why are you, why are you yelling at me? So dad doesn't play beer league hockey anymore because he's like, I can't can't be around jeff remember <laughs> producer jeff remember there are no scouts in the crowd tonight <laughs> i just think a lot we of actually we actually have, we actually have someone from the san jose sharks up top watching yeah. watching this game and um all right so yeah just remember there's no scouts in the crowd um your beer league sunday night league is not a stepping stone to the nhl and if you don't want to be around women find a men's league then because <laughs> if you want to hit people join a hitting league Good yeah Lord. right like it's that simple she didn't do anything wrong um so let's take a break (laughs) we'll be back with more of the athletic hockey show looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone luckily with 24 7 us-based live customer service from discover everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime day or night yep you heard that right 
You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And we're back. Welcome back. It's still the Athletic Hockey Show. It'd be really funny. Um, I actually almost like ended the first segment with like, we'll be right back with more Doughboys. But I felt felt, no no comment. (laughs) But I felt that didn't fit well with the subject matter. (laughs) Coming up, our review of Harvey's or whatever bogus Canadian burger place hasn't been done yet. I really do. I do love those Doughboys. Great pod. Wow. Imagine that. (laughs) It's crazy. Um, even though I can't eat any of the food that they talk about, it's like me listening to two dudes talking oh, about vicariously. Like, the like triple decker mm-hmm. cheeseburger they ate last night. That I'm like, oh, that sounds really good. <laughs> Anyways, uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs beat the Dallas Stars five four last night. There are only three games last night. The second one was the Wild. Uh, over the Chicago Blackhawks. I'm sorry, we're not going to talk about that one. Um, but Leafs beat the Star. <laughs> I, I saw, I, I saw like, Laz. Laz was Laz was very openly like trying to <laughs> stop himself from falling asleep during the game last night, which is funny. And he was watching what like Northeastern hoops last night. Northwestern. Northwestern. Oopsies. Uh, Northeastern's the good same, hockey. Same thing. Yeah. Whatever. There's no difference. Uh, everyone. Everyone. In. They're all gonna hate me now. It's fine. All the all the, all the northeastern journalism <laughs> grads. Jesus, I, I think I get it confused because Kendall Coyne did communications at Northeastern. So I'm like, yeah, great. That's awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. Anyways, the Leafs beat the stars. Lots of lots of good media talent comes out of Northeastern. I'm not not so sure about Northwestern. I haven't heard. Ooh. Um, so the Leafs beat the stars last night, five to four. Um, we talked about this a bit off the air, Sean, in the first period. Um, they didn't start so hot. The Leafs did not. And there were a ton of takes about like, I think they need a new voice behind the bench, even from our own friend, Dom Luschishin. Dom Luschishin, king of the Sheldon Keith dead enders, was like, yeah, it might be, it might, it might, it might be time for a move. And then obviously the Leafs come back. William Nylander, three point night, the core four. I kind of hate saying that. It's brutal. It's kind of corny, um, but it really was like the Leafs core carried them. Uh, the main guys, Nylander, Matthews, Marner, Tavares. Carried them to a win over the stars. Because <laughs> they're the only because they're the only good players on the team. Yeah. But I do think the Leafs are an interesting conversation right now because there is this question of should they be active at the deadline? Like, yeah, they just beat the Dallas Stars, who 
I picked to win the Stanley Cup. I believe you did too. Mm-hmm. Or were you an Oilers guy this year? You stars from the jump. Yeah. I yeah. Love their top nine. Love Jake Ottinger. Mm. I think we both said, well, this year he's just been okay. But I think we both said, like, if Thomas Harley and Wyatt Johnson can have like good, good years, stars are gonna be great. And Thomas Harley's been very good. So is Wyatt Johnson. Same so. Wyatt Johnson. But he's on the top line. They broke up the the sweet boy line. Pavelski got mm-hmm. dropped. Sad, sad. And the sweet boy line. I just called them that. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care for them getting broken up. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, I don't know why I called them sweet boys. I don't know any of them. <laughs> I should say that from my couch. Oh, they're so sweet. Um, but I don't think you watch that win or you look at that stat line and just say like, "Wow, that's so impressive." Like the Leafs are Stanley Cup contenders this year. Um, they just have been fine. And I know from my time covering Bradtree living with the Calgary flames that he usually likes to say, I take my cues from my team to decide what I'm going to do with the trade deadline. And I feel like the cue that the Leafs are currently giving is like, maybe this isn't a team that's worth spending a bunch of assets on. Like they just haven't been good enough. And that's kind of weird to say about a team that's like third in the Atlantic. Like when we're talking about Mm -hmm. the flames teams that he didn't add to, they were like, five points out of the wild card or whatever. Right. So it is a little bit different. Um, this team is still good by most metrics, but I just think they've been a little bit like when you watch them play in the conversations around the Leafs are consistently just like, what is going on? What's going on? Yeah. Like they're just kind of mid they're a mid good team. Right. I mean, they're fifth in the (laughs) East in points percentage, but they're also, but they're also, it seems like a step or two behind Boston and Florida in the Atlantic division, which I think is kind of the calculus for them. Right. If they get passed by the Canes, which is a different division, but we're talking about the East, the Canes had a very bad start and now they're above the Leafs. Right. But it's fine. We'll limit this, the Atlantic division for, for for the least purposes though. Like you can look at it and say like, okay, like it's a, this is a talented team at the top of the roster, at least for as mid as they've looked for as much as they've struggled to, you know, finish games in regulation or whatever, this is still, they're still fifth in points percentage. Well, the two best teams in the Eastern conference are ahead of them in their division. So like Mm -hmm. if you, if you honestly think that the Leafs can make a run through the, through the Atlantic, assuming they don't, end up in a, which is probably not a fair assumption. You can't assume that they're going to end up in the Atlantic division playoffs. Maybe they end up, you know, playing Metro teams after they slipped out of the wild card at, the, at this point. But let's just say for our purposes that they, st- that they stay in the Atlantic. Like are they going to, are they going to be Boston? Are they going to be Florida? Like, do you feel confident in their ability to do that? Mm-hmm. And I think that answer is what d- determines, you know, how they move at the deadline. And I also yeah. think that there's in Haley, you and I, you and I talked about this before the record as well. There's assets that you could see them justifiably moving, like maybe one of the first round picks. Like you like I can see them, I can see them doing that. And and mm-hmm. and, and and I can see looking at the move and seeing like this is this was the right thing for them, depending on their return. What you don't want to do is move Matthew Nyes or move like that, that top level of, of young mm-hmm. player who's coming in and ready to contribute yeah, yeah. on cheap contracts, which is what they need. Right. 
It's moving totally. forward. This can't just be a one year. This can't just be a one year fix. Now they here that, and this is what signing Matthews, even though it's sort of short term and in, in, in Nylander has done for them is that they can at least take a little bit of a longer view and say like, mm-hmm. Hey, these guys are going to be around for a few more years. This isn't a, this isn't a situation where, you yeah, know, our window's about where, to shut. You know? Where will where William Neal where William Nealer is about to walk into UFA and get a, yeah. a zillion years and a billion dollars from from someone else, right? Like that's that's no longer the case. They know that these guys are going to be together for better or worse for the for the foreseeable future, which I think makes it less of a must have for them to go like all in here and maybe mortgage a, a year or two de- down the line. But it is, it's a, yeah. it's a, fa- it's a fascinating question because like we keep saying the the East, East, East ain't that good. That's, that's the, yeah, that's, that's, that's the, the contributing factor. Yeah. I just think like Jonas Siegel actually had an article today about why the Leafs cannot stand Pat at the deadline, even if it means dealing a first round pick. And I just, I don't agree. Like, I don't think like, I think if, if you believe that the Leafs can fix their mistakes from a, let's just call it what it is, a bad offseason, the John Klingberg move is, the John Klingberg signing was bad, giving term to Ryan Reeves, bad. Max Domi and Tyler Bertuzzi, I liked those moves in the moment. It was like, Me oh too. yeah, that's great. If you can get Tyler Bertuzzi on a one year and he can prove it so he can get a better deal in Boston next summer or wherever he wants to go, do it. But those moves haven't worked out either. Um so there are mistakes that need to be fixed on this roster. And I just don't think those are things that you can fix at the trade deadline. Like, sure, you can try to make your blue line better by getting Chris Tanev. But, like, is that really going to make you all of a sudden a Stanley Cup contending blue line? Like, when we look at the team that won last year, which was Vegas, that was a big, deep <laughs> blue line that could crash and bang and play well in front of their own net. And I don't think adding Chris Tanev to you know, Timothy Lilligren, Morgan Riley, Jake McCabe, and TJ Brody. And Simon Benoit's played well, but like, I don't think that's a Stanley Cup contending blue line still. No, and then if you add not. like a depth piece, like, oh, let's add Adam Henrique to the middle six. Like, is that going to be a cup winning group? I just think that there's more mistakes or issues on this Leafs roster than like two deadline moves can fix, in my opinion. And that's... And I think it seems like the Flames are waiting for a first rounder for Chris Tanev, and they should, based on what the going rate has been with the moves that we've seen so far. Like, should the Leafs be giving up a first round pick for Chris Tanev? Listen, I'm I'm a huge Chris Tanev fan. I covered the Flames for a few years, but he's also 34 years old and he's had some injuries this year because he plays such a hard game, which is what makes him such a desirable player, especially in the postseason. Like, this guy... I don't think I've seen a defender care more about just throwing his face in front of pucks. And like, he's so smart. He's got a good stick, good gap control, da, 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 da. So I'm all for the Leafs trying to get Chris Tanev, but I don't know if Chris Tanev all of a sudden makes them a cup contender. Similar stuff was said about Jake Muzzin. We we saw it. We saw how that worked out too. Right. The the other thing too, and this is like kind of the overriding thing that I think about a lot whenever you try to decide whether a team should buy or sell or stand pat is a lot of it revolves around the goaltender for me. If you can say we're going in, we're going into the playoffs with a dude who can steal us a series or two, then roll the dice, go out and yeah. add somebody. And I know everybody, it seems like is back on the Ilya Samsonov bandwagon because of, 
five good starts he's had since since uh yeah really since his christmas let, let's say since his like his, ahl break since his break i guess i guess that maybe was yeah. i guess it's maybe it's maybe been six but we'll even throw out the first one there because he stunk in it it was last last five games his he's first game back didn't he have a shutout um no oh, oh yeah i yeah you know what you're right you're right. I, I I wasn't I wasn't coming back far enough. Since his break overall, he's at an 880 save percentage, which is whatever. Since since uh, December 29th, which is when he really started playing well, he's had five games since three and two, 929 save percentage. You know he's looked he's looked solid. Good for him. Mm-hmm. You can't have goldfish memory here where it's like, all right, five good games from Elias Samsona makes us forget about the mess that <laughs> the mess that he was for the for the first yeah. few months before that. So if you have faith on on this dude and in that position as a playoff contender moving forward, like more power to you, but I don't. And I certainly don't like Elias Samsona in the Atlantic Division playoffs against Florida and Boston. And, and to me, that's kind of the that's kind of the mm-hmm. overriding thing. In yeah. that, like, whatever, move. If you want to move, move a first round pick, fine. If it, if you want to, if you want to try to, you know, maybe get a guy with term who makes some sense. I can't have is is you know maybe not not exactly who we're talking about here. For, like, see what's out there. But to me, the line for Toronto's drawn at like at the at the nines at the group of nines. Yeah, the, and the, I the, and the I nines, don't think guys. I don't think they want to move those guys. <clears throat> It certainly um, doesn't seem like it. I know Elliot Freeman reported that like that was that they were thinking about that like that those that that group of players entered the conversation when it seemed like they could maybe get Kuzmenko and Tanev at some point. Like that was sort of the that was the way that was the way that 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 Elliot phrased, phrased it from Vancouver, like like a, a month ago. Like that's that's what what a package. What are you looking at me like that for? Kuzmenko and Tanev. Yes, from Vancouver. Yes. Tanev's not in Vancouver. Or uh <laughs> You mean Tanev and Hannafin? Uh, Lindholm. Tanev and Lindholm? I guess, was, I guess it was Tanev and Lindholm. Um wait a second, wait a second. <laughs> when when did when did Chris Tanev last play in Vancouver? It was ten years ago. <laughs> like but it, it was it was uh, yeah i, I misspoke it, it, i think okay. I, it was it was I Lindholm, it was lindholm it was lindholm and kuzmenko that's like the kind of package that they would rather that they would that would be led by a guy like nice and it's like that's obviously yeah. out the window now because of the <laughs> kuzmenko uh, lindholm trade yeah so i just don't think that like i think if we were having this conversation next year and the leafs were good not great They've got first round picks they could use. Mitch Marner and John Tavares are pending unrestricted free agents. Then you go all in and say, well, we've got to try. But mm-hmm. like this isn't the last year of the core, right? So if you're no. just trying to build for them right now, like why don't you just let all these expiring deals go away and try to have a better summer? Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's true. It's true. Maybe I'm crazy. It's like when you say a bunch. <laughs> Like when you vent to a friend about <laughs> when you like say a bunch of like stupid stuff and be like, but I don't know, <laughs> but I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> by the way, by the way, apologies, apologies. I did get that wrong from, from Elliot. Yeah. So one, that's what I was like. What are you talking about? One case about? where I do believe they would have done so is if they acquired both Chris Tanev and Nikita Zadorov from Calgary, uh, which, you know, okay. Yes. Those are guys like, again, yeah. you, you move out 
a, a, a really yeah. good young player if you know that you're getting both those guys back. That right. makes sense. But that obviously went the, out that that went out the door after the yeah. the Zadorov trade. I know there were a lot of um, Leafs fans who were like, if that was the asking price for Zadorov, how did we not get him? And it's because the Leafs or because the Flames didn't want to retain any salary and the Leafs didn't have enough cap space. Mm-hmm. It's pretty simple, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Um, okay, the other interesting trade deadline team for me is the penguins. Mm -hmm. I feel like they probably shouldn't be buyers. I don't think they can be buyers uh, because their cap situation, or at least in like a meaningful way. But I, a lot of people are talking about Jake Ensel. He's a pending unrestricted free agent. There's been no updates in terms of a contract um, extension. Mm -hmm. I am in the camp of like, I don't care if he potentially walks. Like you can't trade Jake Gensel when you're what five, six points out of a wild card spot. Four I, points out of a wild yeah, card. Yeah, like, and, and they've got a they've got a bunch of games in hand as well. Like they're they're right there. Like before the Lindholm deal happened, um, I saw I think it was Drance mm-hmm. and God bless him. But Jake Gensel was like the top top of the list of like trade candidates for. The Canucks is like, yeah, that's great. But like, why would the Penguins get rid of Jake Gensel? And, and I said this to Jeff Merrick when I was doing my weekly hit on his show. And he was like, well, like the Penguins might punt on the season. I was like, I don't think that they should. Uh, for all the reasons we just talked about with the Leafs, the East is very bad. And I think you don't lose Jake Gensel <laughs> unless he's coming to you and says like, trade me. At, there's no way in hell I'm staying here. Like, I just don't think you should trade him and punt on the season when you have Sidney Crosby at a 90 plus point projection. Like I just don't, you did all of this stuff. You did all this stuff over the last year, two years to try to remain competitive in this window. You don't punt. Like I don't, you're already trying to go all in while you can, like you don't punt on the season. Even if everyone's saying like, you're probably not going to make the playoffs. I still think you got to try. Otherwise, what was the point of keeping everyone together? They're the opposite of the Leafs. Like they don't have the Leafs can say like, hey, we have Austin Matthews signed through X and we have William Nylander signed through X. And we know that these guys are going to be around Mitch Marner. We know that these guys are going to be part of good teams for the next five, well, six. Marner only seven. has one year left, but yes, but Nylander and Matthews. Oh my guys. God, I, I, I can't believe his contract's up already. That's so crazy. Oh boy. Well, I mean, okay. tomorrow's are pending UFAs next year. Well, Matt, I, whatever. But Matthews and Nylander, yeah. you you know that you know that they're going to be relevant and and good in some capacity for the next few years. It's not true for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Every single year matters. Sidney Crosby's turning thirty seven in a in a few months. Getting more, like whatever these guys are. These guys are old. You can't just say like, yeah, we'll be there in two years because you probably won't be. So like. You roll the dice with what you have. You keep Jake Gensel around. You say, like, we have Tristan Jari, who is a flawed goaltender, deeply flawed goaltender. He's in, he's inconsistent, but the dude leads the league in shutouts. He is capable of losing a series by himself. He's also capable of stealing one. Like, he's he's that kind of volatile, volatile player. And you roll your dice on those guys. And you say, like, this is a year where Sidney Crosby's going to finish but he's going to get, he's going to show up on MVP ballots and, and, and whatever else, like roll the dice with what you have. 
Because what do you do? You trade Gensel with the hope of recouping Jake Gensel three years down the line. Like it's not, it's right. not, it's not going to happen. Right. Like you, even if they get, even if they get a Lindholm package for, for him, like, like what does that matter? You get a flawed roster player who makes too much money in, in Kuzmenko, a first round pick, a conditional pick, and then like a B plus prospect. Like what good does that do the Pittsburgh Penguins in 2024? Like nothing. Right. And also, they beat the the brakes off the Winnipeg Jets a couple days ago. Like that, like this team is not bad. Yeah, like, they just played. They're not. They're not. They're, <laughs> they're not. They're not great. In their they were strip. just so confusing for large chunks of the season. <laughs> and, they, and, they, and they still are. The power yeah. play still stinks. There's something yeah. that Car- Carlson's been fine. Like the the mix with him on on the power play is not is not right, and it might never be there. But at the same time, this is this is the situation that they've chosen. It's doesn't happen that often. They've got, they've got one of the five greatest players of all time still playing at an extremely high level. Yeah. Evgeny Malkin (laughs) and Crystal Tang. Give him, give him some respect. Crystal Tang number, number, number 99 in the NHL 99. (laughs) Um, like this, this all comes back to Crosby. Like, Mm -hmm. You got you you, you got to make it count. You got to do right by him. And if the yeah. end result is that Jake Gensel walks and signs for seven and a half million dollars a year with the Carolina Hurricanes or whatever, Fine. you say like at least you tried okay, this. Year. We tried. Yeah, that's it. You don't do all of the stuff that the this organization's done in terms of keeping like re-signing Malkin, re-signing uh, Latang, trading for Eric Carlson, bringing in a new GM. Like you don't do all these things to try to remain competitive, just to trade one of your best players at the deadline because you're five points out of a playoff spot. It's stupid. And, it's right. Stupid. With, with four, with four <laughs> games in hand on, on right. the teams, on the teams that, that they're chasing. Yeah. It's like worth noting again, that this team has a five sixty four point percentage and is, you know, in, in mm-hmm. like pretty decent shape down the stretch to, to, to make it in. You you can't yeah. ask for that much more, right? Like yeah. like what do you, like if they would have gone in the tank and like lost you know whatever and they would have been eleven points out of a playoff spot then sure we're maybe having a different conversation having a different conversation but that's not the way it is yeah um, let's take a break and when we come back we'll talk about some more hockey stuff. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. (laughs) I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. 
The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. There's a few things that have been... There's a few more news and notes that we could talk about, Sean. I think... (laughs) Oh, really? Um, I think one that I found interesting, this was discussed on 32 Thoughts on their Monday show with Jeff and Elliot, and then Elliot Friedman had this in the written version of 32 Thoughts, just like a quick conversation. Um, I don't think a merger is the correct term that Elliot uses here, because I don't think it would be a merger, but essentially there's been, it sounds like there's rumors about the NCAA and the CHL and their relationship, and essentially... NCAA coaches are being presented with the idea of offering CHL players eligibility in their league post juniors. Mm -hmm. Um, So for people who maybe don't know, like if you play in the CHL, which is the Ontario hockey league, um, the Quebec major junior hockey league, I believe they just rebranded. I'm sorry. I don't know the new name or the WHL. Um, you don't you lose your NCAA eligibility. So it's like you either go the college route or the juniors route. And you I can feel play, like we've seen, you can go from junior A to playing NCAA hockey. But like major junior. I know. I'm just, I'm just I like that's I but I, I said I, the CHL, not junior yeah, A. I, I know. That's that the exit there's an existing pipeline between junior A and NCAA. I that's I just want to cause pe- I, I, people don't like people don't realize I, understandably I I don't think people realize the there's a lot of machinations here, but like there are junior hockey players, just not CHL players that, that are, that are currently playing NCAA hockey's. Okay. But like, you can't go from the CHL to NCAA. Like you either play right. major junior hockey in Canada or NCAA hockey. And then of course you can go Canadian university route, wherever else, if you can't make either of those leagues essentially. Um, but, and I think we've seen over the last few years that the NCAA route has been uh, a lot more popular. It's been like very fruitful. A lot of like top picks come out of like, like top Mm -hmm. college programs are producing elite players, whether we're talking about like Quinn Hughes, Adam Fantilli. um, Canadian Canadians are now like, think of Maddie Veneers, Adam, Adam Fantilli. Yeah. Macklin Celebrini. Like you have, you have elite. Yeah elite Canadian totally youth youth hockey players that are going the NCAA Mm -hmm. route. Yeah. And of course there's still elite players who are playing the CHL Mm -hmm. Um, Connor Bedard, obviously obviously. playing for the Regina Pats. Um, But it looks like there are at the very least discussions around like, can a guy go from the CHL to the NCAA? And I think what's interesting is like those guys wouldn't end up being like NHL draft picks unless they only do like one year in the CHL and then leave for the NCAA. But like, 
I feel like we'd mostly be talking about guys who are just, you know, trying to get an education once they're done playing hockey and then they can keep playing hockey. For the most part, we see those guys going from Canadian Hockey League to like Canadian University Hockey. So guys mm-hmm. will like finish up at with the Oshawa Generals and then go play for the TMU Bold or whatever, right? So they can go to school and keep playing. But now it looks like they're having conversations about can they keep NCAA eligibility? And I just don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> like, do you have a thought, Sean? I find this all fascinating. I don't think it ends up happening, especially no. if it's like, I don't think you could let a guy play one year in the OHL and then go NCAA. Like, I don't, I don't know. I just don't you, think, I don't think there should be. There's too many. I mean, like, yeah. I mean, I'm sure that's like probably I'm using like air quotes, like on the table here, but that, but it going from a conceptual thing this is from someone who's followed NCAA sports my entire life. Those are some slow, <laughs> those are slow it's wheels to turn, <laughs> right? Like, like there's, there's a lot and they're extremely resistant to change. And the reason all this is happening is because of, you know, the influx of NIL money, which has changed things. Players can now make money off their name, image, and likeness yeah. uh, in the NCAA. It's also changing in the wake of some unionization efforts uh, that, that are taking place. A huge, huge victory in uh, in New York where Dartmouth players are being, you know, they're, uh, they're, they were ruled by some lower court that they're employees of the university, which is, which is and that's uh, just the hoop scene, though, which is, right? which is wild. That's just Dartmouth basketball. I said New York. I meant I meant New Hampshire. Um, yeah, but but that but there's that that has ramifications, right? And and it's it's a it's a it's a big one. Like that could mm-hmm. end up. Who knows what that leads to uh, down the down the road? So there's plenty of questions there. I just don't. I don't. I don't see this. I'm yeah. like whatever, and this the, I I don't mean to be dismissive of it because it because it certainly sounds like that. I mean we know the discussions are taking place, but that but the idea of this happening in on any kind of you know mm-hmm. uh, short term time frame is just like it's it's really really hard for me to imagine. For sure, and I I just think like especially with NIL, the NCAA route is going to be even more attractive for top young hockey players because the CHL does not pay its players, and you're also kind of just at the mercy of the CHL entry draft. Whereas NCAA, like you can pick where you want to go. You can go to a school where you in a city that you really want to live in or a really good team. You can go to a school that has, um, mm-hmm. you know, they're a really great NIL feeder system. Like you want to go make a bunch of money and play, <laughs> go to LSU. Does LSU have a hockey team? I don't know. Um, but you can have more control over you where you're going. <laughs> I was like, I don't know. Did you say I, was that? Thinking, I was thinking of, of like, like, of like they make of, a lot of money. Yeah, their, uh, NIL, their NIL system, like everyone makes so much money at LSU. And this is money, yeah. by the way. This, I this think, an, I think this LSU is... should have a hockey team. <laughs> Go Tigers. <laughs> Go Tigers. Uh, <laughs> this is money, NIL money that hasn't quite, found its way to hockey players for the record, like based yeah. on, based yeah. on some research Good I've point. done, yeah. like, yeah. could that happen soon? Like, absolutely. Absolutely. Is it, can you imagine, like I, I, we, uh, we talked to, we talked to Luke Hughes about this last year when he was, mm-hmm. you know, he was uh king of the campus king. Uh, I was, I was, I was going to, I was going to, I was going to say king shit at, at, at Michigan, but whatever. Um, well, you ended up saying it. So yeah, it's fine. <laughs> Me and Max asked him, like, 
what's going on with NIL stuff. And he was like, he was like nothing basically. He, and he, he watched, he would watch dudes from the hoop team and the, in the football team come into a place where he was eating and get like, and get their stuff comped because they had relation, like relationships with like whatever, whatever bar on campus where they would do social posts and whatever. And they could come in and eat for free. And Quinn's there just trying to like, Jack's there just, oh my God, Luke's there trying to just buy, Jim, Ellen, <laughs> what's the doc's name? Pookie. Um, Luke. Pookie's wearing a really nice dress today. Luke was in a restaurant at, at Michigan when like when Hunter Dickinson, who was it was it was a hooper, came in, eats for free, and and Luke's just like, Yeah, I was just trying just trying to buy a burger. He's picking up his own tab, right? So this so the money, the NIL money hasn't filtered down quite uh, as maybe you'd expect to elite and NCAA hockey players. Does that happen eventually? Like who knows, but I can see why if I were the CHL, I would be running scared a little bit. Cause you're mm-hmm. saying like, okay, well, what if, what if there's uh what if all of a sudden there's a bunch of, there's an NIL collective mm-hmm. at Boston university who decides to start paying players, you know, right. out the, out the wazoo or, sure. or, or Michigan or, or, or wherever else. I would I would also be trying to explore a merger with the NCAA in in that case where where you know you can you can do both. I yeah. think I think and I I think the CHL has much more to gain from a merger oh, than, yeah. than than the NCAA does. Yeah, it would be the NCAA like conceding in a way because they're already I think they've like taken steps ahead. So it just doesn't really make sense for the, the NCAA. If you're the NCAA and you're getting guys like Celebrini and Fantilli and, 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 yeah. and whoever else, you like every year you have a, a few like truly like top mm-hmm. three, top five players, you know, plant taking the college hockey route. Like, why do you, why do you mess with anything? Like, like, like yeah. who cares? Just I can't understand why coaches would. Cause if you want an influx of, it'd be great if you could have a, a, a second, a second pair that's made up of, you know, a pretty good CHL player, but I don't know. Yeah. You're, that's a, that's a give back. And and like, I, like, like I said, the Canadian end of things has much more to gain than the, than the American end of things. But then that would also totally wreck Canadian university hockey as well. You're, like I, that's the you know what? The C- the C- I shouldn't even say that the CHL has much more to gain. I, I, yeah. I shouldn't, I shouldn't say Canada overall. Cause yeah, the U sport thing would be decimated by those. Totally, because a lot of U sport teams are just like former CHL guys who, you know, that maybe sometimes there'll be a few guys who'll get like an NHL training camp invite, but like these aren't guys who are making the next step to the big leagues. They'll go play mm-hmm. C- go play CHL, then they'll go to Canadian University Hockey, and then they'll go play in Europe or they'll get a job, and that would just decimate the Canadian University Hockey system. So I don't like it. I don't think it should happen. Case closed. Yep. Um, the other thing to bring up, so I saw this in the raleigh news and observer is from chip alexander sebastian aho was kind of displeased that he didn't get to take part in the skills competition and i agree and you know what i will say i was at skills and i didn't really want to talk too much about all-star the only thing i will say after going to my first all-star weekend that is a made for television event (laughs) Mm -hmm. especially the skills at one point i was like oh my god why have we been here for three hours I could have been on my couch for three hours. Love that. <laughs> love that. Don't love sitting in a press box for three hours. It's for 10-year-olds. Yeah. Like, that's and, what All-Star games are for. Hey. <laughs> I don't hate All-Star. My voice is cracked. Oh, I got yeah. upset. 
but I think it, I, I prefer one of the things that I liked about skills and I wonder if there's just some kind of like middle ground. Cause I do think it was improved this year, but it almost felt like empty on the rink and the, on the benches, it was all just like, I think staff and like people, there was like a couple kids running around. I like seeing like all of the players on the benches. Like I like seeing everyone kind of mingling around. I like seeing different people involved. Um, and so I think just having 12 skaters and then only those 12 and then everyone else just kind of like back of house or in their hotel watching, it felt a little bit weird. Um, uh, and I think uh, yes, in, in their hotels, I'm sure that I'm sure that's where all those guys I were. I don't know. I don't care. Um, <laughs> but if I'm Sebastian Aho and I see Nikita Kucherov like half-assing everything, it's just like you know what? I would have liked to. I would have liked to do a fastest skater lap and tried to win a million dollars. That would have been like, like I just think that's kind of lame. And if I and if Kucherov didn't want to be there, he should have just said like, no, thank you. Let somebody else come. Yeah, and I, I think we know now too that I look we we watched it on TV. Kucherov, you know, biffed on the first event and then just kind of went went on autopilot. We know now, based on the way this works, that like you don't have to be great on on your first on your first couple events. Like you can you can make up the difference down down the line. So to be fair, McDavid won the first event and then like won the whole thing. But. Uh, sure, but like but like <laughs> but guy, there were guys who were like. Pasternak, he 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 came in yeah, second. Yeah, yeah. He came in second in the first event and didn't even make the final, right? So like, there's mm-hmm. there's some shuffling that can happen. Mm-hmm. Even though Connor McDavid set himself up to win a million dollars, it changed the a million extra dollars in in perpetuity. Yeah, I wonder that, if he donated that. Who knows? But like in this is this is the choice. This is the choice that the league has made here. Where they're like, we're giving back the the visual of having all the all the all the other dudes on the ice on the bench milling around having fun. You can't have that when you only have ten guys that are in the event. It's mm-hmm. like that's it's one or the other, and that's a yeah. shame. But that's but that's also the cost of of uh, of uh, of shrinking the field and and adding and adding the uh, adding the million dollars to the purse. Now, I there's for sure tweaks that can and should be made and i feel bad i would have loved to watch sebastian aho in that event too because i think he like low-key would have been a would have been a real would have been a real contender uh but yeah you know it's not where we are sad it is i think that's it sad for sebastian aho you're calling it i don't know do you want to talk about the four nations (laughs) face-off i thought you were saying okay that's it goodbye well i was (laughs) okay I, I don't, but, I don't, I don't, I don't care about the four nations face on. Is that what we're I calling just, it? Oh, is it official? I think that's what it's called. Yeah. No brother. I think my only take on that is that America might win. And I think that's sad for me as a Canadian. And also there's no David Pasternak or Leon Dreisaitl, which kind of sucks, Girl. but I don't think they were going to do like team Canada, team USA, and then two team Europe's when you could fill Swedish and, finish rosters <laughs> they, they could have just done the other full europe roster and the u25 roster but they weren't going to do that again because that took too many good players away from canada and in, in the u.s that was never going to happen again but like uh i don't know i think i disagree like you can fill those rosters for 
Sweden and Finland. So just do it. You know, like, why would you do Team Europe and under Team U23? That would just be even more North American players when you can fill two rosters from European players. In my opinion. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. If, if that's I, the, the issue here is that they needed all these guys to be on NHL contracts. So if, if you have if you have like a depth of talent where you can come up with two all European teams outside of outside of uh, Sweden and Finland then like, great, go for it. Uh, it, it's a it's a loss. We're not going to see Drysaitel. We're not going to see we're not going to see Pasternak. We're not going to see you know. But there's a bunch of good Swiss players in the league that were that mm-hmm. that, that they're not going to be a part of it. It's a bummer. They're going to have a very nice vacation because I, I assume so. that break is going to be pretty long. God, yeah, good good for them, man. Like whatever. I hope they get to go somewhere nice. That's always it. That's always it. Whenever guys don't don't make the All Star team, it's a sim- similar vibe where it's like. You know what, man? Just take a take a nice long weekend and go somewhere warm and enjoy yourself. It's maybe not where you'd want to be, but it's a decent consolation prize. For sure. All right. Let's end the show. I'm done. Okay. We're done here. <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for listening to this episode of the Athletic Coffee Show. I hope you enjoyed Sean and I trying to stay on track for an hour. I hope you enjoyed this news and notes edition. Uh, if you did like it, leave us don't, a five-star rating and review. I think it's really funny. News and notes. They were news and notes. That's all we're really doing. That's all our jobs really are is news and notes in written and audio format. Brother. So if you enjoy that, leave us a five-star rating and review if you're enjoying the show. And right now you can get a one-year subscription to The Athletic for $2 a month when you visit theathletic.com slash hockey show. The all-new Athletic Hockey Show starts on Monday uh, with Ian Mendez and Mark Lazarus, along with Pierre Lebrun and Chris Johnson. Chris Johnston. (laughs) What's his name? Carl Jameson. With Pierre Lebrun and CJ. Then it's Sean Gentili and Sean McIndoo on Wednesdays. Max returns with a tan with us on Thursday. Our show's staying the same. So if you hate us, sorry. <laughs> We're not going anywhere. Uh, and then I think Friday, Prontman will still be bopping around whenever he wants. So that's the new lineup. <laughs> the prod dog makes his own schedule. <laughs> Prontman's going to pop off with just like a solo prospect series tomorrow. Be like, you know what would be funnier is if he made Max do the prospect series well on his honeymoon. Corey's Corey's recording a solo prospects series episode right now at his desk. And his computer isn't plugged into anything. He's just talking. He's just talking to himself about whatever. We do love Corey. He's love so him. fun. We were at a wedding with Corey, and it was very fun. So it's all fun and games. Okay, goodbye. Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs>